Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Saints gave the Buccaneers tricks instead of treats on Halloween. There wasn't much pitching in Game 5 of the World Series, and the Astros came out on top. And just how good can the Patriots be? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. For the third straight time in the regular season, the New Orleans Saints get a win against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 36-27. to Joining me now from Locked On Saints, Ross Jackson. And Ross, this all comes in the backdrop of a season-ending injury with Jameis Winston. There is going to be a lot of talk about, oh, the, the defense and what is it about what Dennis Allen does here and this team that allows them to have, you know, relative success against one of the greatest ever. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to watch when you look at what Tom Brady has done so far as the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and of the 11 interceptions that he's thrown, the majority of them, seven of them have come against the New Orleans Saints in the regular season. And so there's just something about Dennis Allen's system and what it is that Dennis Allen and what this New Orleans Saints defense does that just just kind of the thorn in Tom Brady's side. And, you know, I think the other part of it, too, was the you know has been the continuous pressure by the Saints defensive line, as well as their linebackers uh, and their ability to be able to impact the game. The Saints only had three sacks in this one, including, though, two huge ones on the final drive or the Tampa Bay's uh, final offensive drive to close this one out. So, you know, whatever the the formula is that um, that Dennis Allen has found out in, you know, in terms of his, you know, keeping two safeties back and getting pressure on uh getting pressure on Tom Brady, causing him to make some mistakes. It, it's worked so far, at least during the regular season uh, thus far. But, you know, look, uh, I, I do want to say, too, that Tampa had some self-inflicted wounds. I mean, nine, excuse me, 11 penalties for 99 yards plus the turnovers. This was an opportunistic defense, but a Tampa Bay offense that didn't really help itself out in the biggest moments. For this Saints team moving forward. Is Trevor Simeon going to be the guy? Are, are they going to be looking to make a move? What What is next here for them? I, I have a hard time imagining the Saints making a move at quarterback. I think that if Taysom Hill is healthy, now, mind you, he's been out since the Washington football team win because of the, uh, the, the concussion that he suffered. But there are some reports out there saying that he's trending more positively going into this week. I think that if Taysom Hill is healthy, then they'll go to Taysom Hill moving forward. If he's not, then they'll they'll roll with with Trevor Simeon. The the interesting thing will be if it's Trevor Simeon or Ian Book, and if Ian Book gets any time, the young rookie out of Notre Dame, who this organization absolutely loves. But I think they would even go so far as to go with Ian Book before they would go out there and try to make a move at the quarterback position. The Saints value familiarity with their system, and changing to a brand new quarterback that's never been a part of their system midseason would not really be conducive to what we've seen from them so far. Now. Of course, I say that and they're going to go out and trade for a quarterback. But, you know, that's that's my initial uh, reaction to it. Can this team still be a playoff team with Simeon Hill, some combination of Simeon Hill and Book at quarterback? I think that at this point, because of where they've set themselves up, that this team could still be a playoff team. Now, some of that has to do with the clear division between the top of the NFC and the bottom of the NFC. There's sort of this five and two to four and four or three wins or less division that's in the in the conference right now because of that i think that this team could still be a playoff team if Taysom hill ends up being the quarterback moving forward if it's trevor simeon i have a little bit of a harder time 
um, you know, kind of giving that type of a prediction. But because Taysom knows the system, because there is a playbook already built around Taysom Hill as a quarterback, I could see the Saints going, you know, continuing with sort of the run heavy approach they've had so far this season, potentially getting Michael Thomas back later on this season to continue the sort of the short and intermediate area throws and kind of going back akin to what they had last season without Drew Brees when Taysom Hill was in. Follow Locked On Saints for more gridiron coverage from the Big Easy. Coming up, Game 5 of the World Series saw lots of runs on the scoreboard, but the Astros stayed alive. Our Locked On insider Gordon Beckham tells us how they did it. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. An interesting Sunday night football matchup took place between the Cowboys and Vikings. What a disaster. Oh my God. What's up, everybody? Luke Braun here from the Locked On Really Bad Vikings podcast. And the Vikings are a, they're a catastrophe. The Vikings go into a Sunday night game. No Dak Prescott for the 6-1 uh, Dallas Cowboys. This was supposed to be a difficult test, and then no Dak Prescott was supposed to give it to you. Who is Cooper Rush? Half of Cowboys fans don't even know, but the Vikings... Let him take the game from him. Let him drive all the way down the field uh, at the end of the game with four minutes left to go, score a touchdown, and in 51 seconds, the Vikings can't go back. They made us stay up late for that? To throw checkdowns all day, to try to call back-to-back timeouts, get a delay of game penalty that enables the Cowboys to convert what was a third and 16, was a third and 11, and then they converted that, and then they threw a fade touchdown on the next play. This is an absolute catastrophe. This is a fireable offense. The, The coaches have... They don't have the players ready to play. The game plan was atrocious. They left Cameron Dantzler one-on-one with Amari Cooper all day. Kind of the only good matchup the Cowboys had with no Dak Prescott. That was the only way you lose that game, is leaving guys one-on-one all day. Clint Kubiak has three plays, and none of them worked, and he has nothing left. Clear it out. I'm done. Fire everybody. It's over. The Steelers got a big win over the Browns on Sunday. And like Michael Myers, they are not dead yet. The Pittsburgh Steelers get a huge divisional road win over the Cleveland Browns, 50-10 on Sunday at First Energy Stadium. It was a big win, and there's no other way around it. It was an old-school defensive AFC North showdown. Both defenses came up to play. But the Steelers able to lean on their rookies for big plays. Najee Harris, 26 carries, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Pat Fryermuth catching four of seven passes for 44 yards and an amazing tiptoeing deflected catch, a touchdown catch off a deflective pass. Ben Roethlisberger, 22 of 34 for 266 and a touchdown. Kendrick Green, solid blocking. Isaiah Loudermilk with a sack and, and was really solid in, in helping against the run. The Steelers were able to limit Nick Chubb to 61 yards on the ground in a big win that, that takes them to 4-3 and three in just one game out of first place in the AFC North. Why did the Jets trade for Joe Flacco again? Mike White has entered the chat. What a difference a week makes. I'm John from Locked On Jets, and the New York Jets got their second win of the season on Sunday, defeating the Cincinnati Bengals 34-31 at MetLife Stadium. This comes a week after the Jets played a horrible game in an embarrassing loss to the Patriots. However, in this one, the Jets rallied from 11 down with under 8 minutes to go. The hero of the game was Mike White, the backup quarterback, surprised everybody by playing a brilliant game, throwing for 405 yards and three touchdowns, including the game winner to Tyler Croft late in the fourth quarter. The Jets are now 2-5 and five ahead of their next game against the Indianapolis Colts. 
And Gary Patterson will no longer be the coach of the TCU Horned Frogs University announced Sunday night. After 20 years at the helm of the Horned Frogs, Patterson had a meeting with school officials on Sunday where they asked him if he would finish out the season and the two parties would go their separate ways. He declined, ending his tenure abruptly. Under his leadership, TCU has become a nationally recognized brand name in football and in collegiate athletics. TCU Athletic Director Jeremiah Donati said in a statement Sunday night. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. Here's a look at some Monday night odds at BetOnline. The struggling Kansas City Chiefs host the equally struggling and banged up to boot New York Giants. BetOnline.ag has the Chiefs as 10-point favorites. John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies take on Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. BetOnline has the home Grizzlies favored by a point and a half. And the Washington Capitals are in Tampa Bay to face the Lightning. BetOnline.ag has Alex Ovechkin's side as the underdog, plus 131. For all your gambling needs, BetOnline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to get that bonus. Here is another story you need to know. The Houston Astros send the World Series back to Houston after getting a win in Game 5. Locked On Insider Gordon Beckham broke down what went down in the ATL on Sunday. What's up, everybody? This is another Locked On MLB Insider Report with some instant reaction after Game 5 of the World Series here with Locked On MLB Insider Gordon Beckham. I'm Daniela Bruce. Gordon, let's get right into this. It was a game that definitely didn't lack action. And Houston went down 4 nothing early in the game with a Braves Grand Slam in the first inning. And that had to be... I don't, maybe deflating is not the right word, but it had to do something to their mentality right there at the beginning of the game. The crowd was so into it. What does that say about the mental toughness of Houston to be able to climb right back into this game? Yeah. I mean, when you see the, like what happened in the first, it was kind of like, wow. I mean, this game, this series might be over right now. I mean, um, and then one, one thing I was thinking about when it was happening is the one thing it does do for the Houston offense is instead of playing scared, they had to come out and score mm-hmm. runs. So it almost kind of flipped a switch in my mind with them. It's like, okay, we can't just try to skate by and and get a couple hits and find a way to win a game. It's like, we're going to have to slug our way out of this. And you almost saw the mentality change like immediately because they knew if they didn't go out and start swinging the bats and be aggressive, then they're not going to win this series. It's going to be over. Um, and the World Series is going uh, to the Atlanta Braves. So I, I kind of sense the switch um, on, you know, on the the mindset of the Houston batters. Like, we can't just, like, you know, play these nail-biter games. We're going to have to go get this one and really have to score some runs, and they did. I mean, it was a uh, uh, really good job by them not getting down, just continuing to uh, stick with their plan and uh, continue to just take it to the Braves. I thought their bats were a lot better. Um, today than they've been the whole series. I mean, their offense has been kind of quiet all series. And uh, today it looked like, you know, they, they lit a fire. I mean, that that Grand Slam kind of lit a fire under Houston because um, if, if if they come out and they're like, oh, you know, like they hit a Grand Slam, it's over. I mean, they're definitely not doing what they did. So I think that just the mentality changed for them. They're, they went from basically sitting uh, on the sidelines, like how do we scrape uh, a run or two to, hey, we've got to go score a lot of runs. Let's get aggressive and let's do it. And they did. And Dusty Baker making some changes to the lineup, which is bold in this scenario, an elimination game. Um, how Obviously it worked, right? So what did you see that actually helped Houston in this scenario? 
Well, I mean, you, they moved Bregman down, and, you know, it, I, I hear you when you say you're, it was bold, but at the same time, it's like they hadn't been really swinging the bats well. So, like, the only option is, like, okay, are we going to just continue doing what we're doing? You know, definition of insanity, everybody knows it, right? Mm-hmm. So, that's why they switched it up. I think it was a good move. And you had Correa hitting third and then Gurriel hitting fifth, which is kind of normal um, uh, for Gurriel. But Correa moved up in the order. He had a good night. Um, and then Bregman moved down to seventh. I mean, it was the lowest he's hit since 2017, I believe. Um, so uh, I, I think that what it showed is that Dusty's not not afraid to make a decision um, that's going to help his ball club. And and Bregman uh, did well down there. I think obviously he's going to be grinding on his swing. I mean, he hasn't had as many swings this year as he has in years past. Um, so he's trying to find it right now. And World Series is just tough to find because you're facing great pitching and um, but he got through. He got a double today, and uh, and and started moving in the right direction. Um, you know, Alvarez is the one that's just really struggling in this postseason. And for Houston to win this series, he needs to get hot. Follow Locked On MLB for more insight and info around the league. Coming up, the Patriots are on a roll, but how much of a contender are they in a crowded AFC playoff picture? If you haven't tried the new Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it. Most protein bars, they're chalky, they're waxy, they're just gross. But Built Bar is soft, it's covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into one, you know you're eating something different. It's more than just an experience that you'll enjoy. You'd swear you were eating Halloween candy, but they're low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. So healthy benefits on top of something that is actually delicious. I love the coconut almond, I love the double chocolate, and I, I normally do not like fruit with my chocolate. These, legitimately delicious. Really, really tasty. And this month, Built Bar is coming out with limited time flavors every three to four days. So check the website often. You don't want to miss out. Built.com, promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. So far this season, the New England Patriots' biggest victories were of the moral kind. They hung with the Cowboys. They hung with the Buccaneers. So a chance to get a win against a team many think is a playoff contender this season in L.A. was their chance to show they can be a real team in the AFC playoff picture. They get a 27-24 win at SoFi Stadium against the Chargers. Joining me now from Locked on Patriots, Mike DeBate. And Mike, uh, this defense put on a terrific performance against Justin Herbert. We, we become accustomed to seeing them ride their defense and Mac Jones. But, but what, if anything, changed in this game that allowed them to get the win where they had come so close but couldn't get there before? Well, I think, Peter, in a lot of ways, what the New England Patriots did was very much of the same of what we've seen them do, using that big nickel, that dime package with a lot of defensive backs flooding the field, trying to take Justin Herbert's passing lanes away from him, almost daring them to become one-dimensional. Patriots tried to do that with Tom Brady. They tried to do it with Dak Prescott. They weren't able to go and break through and actually make the plays when they needed to make them. On Sunday against the Chargers, 
exactly what they did, largely in part to Adrian Phillips, who I thought played a phenomenal game. Great coverage on Austin Eckler. Great coverage on Jared Cook, especially with the pick six. He read that very well, was able to pick off Justin Herbert, take it back 26 yards for the touchdown. Christian Barmore continues to be a huge addition for this team, Mm. pushing the pocket, really becoming a presence, not only in run defense, but also getting after the passer and in pass defense as well. So New England really, I think, is doing the little things it takes to get to the quarterback and be able to get home. And last but certainly not least, it always helps when Matt Judon can ride the sack machine for one more week. So it's been good for the New England Patriots defense. But today, or on Sunday, I should say, they made those plays. I do think there are still questions about this offense. They only scored uh, 20 points in this game. Um, Can they stick with a Chiefs in the playoffs, a Ravens, Um, Fortunately for them, it doesn't look like there are that many great teams in the AFC, but what does this offense need to to get going a little bit more? Mac Jones, he was fine, 18 of 35 for 218, uh, didn't throw a touchdown, but also didn't turn the ball over. Where can they get better? Well, in a lot of ways, I think what they need to do, first of all, is change up their play calling a little bit. Uh, They dialed up some very questionable plays, calling a fade to the back of the end zone on fourth and one for a player that hasn't had a reception for a touchdown in his entire career. And as much as I love what Jacoby Myers has done for this team, that was a very odd play call. And you're seeing the Patriots still play it conservatively, not really taking the training wheels off and allowing Mac to be able to dictate this offense. Mac had a very pedestrian game on Sunday. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't great, like you said. And he acknowledged that even after the game, speaking to reporters, he acknowledged that he didn't have his best game, but a lot of the other players around him were able to pick him up. Because of the lack of maybe that dynamic and dominant team in the AFC, Patriots are going to be able to be in most of the games that they play from here on in. The problem is, is can they do that against a good defense like a Buffalo Bills, or can they do that against some of the teams that they're going to be playing a couple of weeks? They've got the Cleveland Browns. You know, they can light it up at times as well. If those guys get healthy, depending on what they do with the trade deadline. So going to be really interesting to see how the Patriots can do it. But with Mac, what they need to do is continue to utilize his skills open things up in play action, and ride the run a little bit more. Damian Harris is very good with the ball in his hands. Put the ball in his hands. Let him be that horse that Mac Jones needs right now in order to settle into the type of quarterback he could become. And finally, following up on betonline.ag's prop bet about Aaron Rodgers' Halloween costume due to him growing out his hair and revealing that it would be an elaborate costume for this year's holiday. Speculation grew as to who it would be from the dude to Obi-Wan Kenobi. People put their dollars on who they thought the Green Bay Packers quarterback would transform into for Halloween. Oddly enough, the answer was not on the list we gave you. In an Instagram post, Rogers revealed his Halloween costume was the legendary character that Keanu Reeves portrayed John Wick. Rogers even posted some photos imitating some of the famous shots from the movies. And much like John Wick, who people kept asking if he was back, this was Rogers' way of saying to Packer fans, maybe, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets. Download and subscribe free and available on all platforms. Coming up Tuesday, will the Chiefs get back on the right track against the banged-up Giants on Monday night. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.